This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg So we're in the middle of uh, letter number 15. Al-Tareb is explaining the ten faculties within a person which correspond to the ten sefirot. And as we say in Patach Elio, which we say before Mincha on Friday, before Shabbos, and he says that all of the ten sefirot are divided into three parts. Is one long, one ketzir, and one benini. In other words, you have the right chachma, which is the right brain, the right arm, which is chesed, netzach, which is the right foot, chachan, that's one line, that's the right line, and you have the left line, bina, the left brain, the left arm, and then you have the left leg, that's hoid. Then you have the center, which is das, which is the limbic brain, which is above the spine, in the back, connected to the spine, connected to the torso, the body, which is the heart, which is compassion, which is, and then the male organ, which is yisoid. All of the ones on the right side share a certain characteristic, a certain quality. And all the ones on the left side share a certain quality. And all the ones in the center share a certain quality, in a way, even more so because they're all connected. On the right side, the right brain and the right arm and the right leg are all on the same side, but they're disconnected. The brain is here and the arms are here and the legs are here. Same as with the left, the left brain and the left arm and the left leg. But the center, the limbic brain, the heart and the male organ is all like part of one, it's all one piece. So he explains in great detail. What is chesed? He starts out with chesed. Chesed, it's really about the person who has the kindness. It's not really about the person on the receiving end. Chesed is about the giver. A good person, a kind person, loves to do good. It really has nothing to do with the other person. Does he love the other person? No. It's, 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 I love doing kindness. I'm just a nice, kind, good person. I just enjoy doing kindness. Therefore, it has nothing to do with the other person. The other person needs it. You don't need it. You're worthy. You're not worthy. You, need it. you don't even need kindness. It's not a Rachmanus on you. You're, you're okay. You have everything you need. I enjoy doing kindness. I want to be kind. I want to be generous. I want to be kind. I want to be giving. It has nothing to do with you. It's me. Gevura, however, the exact opposite. Kavura is not about me. It's about the other person. Hey, are you worthy of kindness? Do you deserve it? 
Is it, are you even capable of receiving the kind? So Gevura cuts down the chesed. Either cuts it down or decides altogether not to do chesed. That person is not unworthy. The person is undeserving. So Gevura really measures the other person. It's really about the other person. It's not about me. It's more I'm focusing on the person. We're seeing if the other person is deserving of it, is worthy of it. Could he receive it? Does he need it? Does he need it? Maybe he doesn't need it. If he needs it, is he worthy of it? And if he's worthy, could he receive it? So by the time you're done making that cheshbon, maybe you'll decide not to do any kindness at all. Completely restrain and hold back. Then you have the center, compassion. Compassion is a combination of the two. It brings the two together. The right and the left together. It reconciles. Because compassion is, I feel compassion, yet it's my feeling. But the focus is on the person. Who do you have compassion to? Who do you have rachmanut? On someone who, who's, who, who needs, who needs rachmanut. A person who you have mercy on is someone who needs mercy. He's not bind, he's in a terrible situation. It's rachmanus. You have mercy, you have compassion. A person who doesn't need Rahmanas, I don't have Rahmanas, he doesn't need it. Rahmanas is only someone who needs it. Not like Chesed. Chesed is indiscriminate, abundance. I'm giving, I'm generous. It has nothing to do with you. You need, you don't need. Maybe I don't even like you, I don't even care about you, but I have to give. I'm a giver, I'm a good person, I'm a kind person, I'm a generous person. Rahmanas is a combination of Chesed and Gavur. Yes, I have Rahmanas and I'm deciding to give. But I'm deciding to give someone who needs it. Who, who, who it's Rachmanesan. You have mercy on someone who's, who, who needs mercy. You have compassion on someone who needs compassion. It's Nebuch, it's Rachmanes. You have to have Rachmanesan. The prosecutor found them guilty. Nebuch, have Rachmanes. Have mercy, have compassion. So it's a combination. It's within me. It's a feeling within me. I have Rachmanes. I'm filled with compassion. But it's focused on the other person. The person needs that Rachmanus. It's not indiscriminate. I don't have Rachmanus, and if someone who doesn't need Rachmanus, someone who's okay, then why should I give him? I'm going to give someone who needs it. Someone who has Rachmanus. The prosecution finds him guilty, but I have Rachmanus. He needs Rachmanus more than anyone else. So here it's an interesting blend, an interesting combination of the right and the left. And the same is true. This runs along all three. There are three sets, Al Rebbe explains. There are three sets. Each set is a right and a left and a center. There's the mind. You have the right brain and the left brain. Chachma bina das. You have the heart. You have love, compassion, kindness. And you have gevura, strength, and you have compassion center. And then you have the legs, the right leg, the left leg, and the male organ. What does that, what does that mean? What's the difference? The legs are to go forward. The heart is within you. You feel, you don't feel. But you want to take a step forward. That's the legs. The legs move you forward. Or the legs stop you. You go, you stop, you go. The right leg, the left leg. You slow down, you go quicker. This is already more practical. And what that means is, 
you have a person who's very loving, very compassionate, very loving, but it all stays in his heart. It all remains bottled up in his heart. The moment there's the slightest little opposition or slightest little... It doesn't... It could be his heart is brimming with love, it's brimming with compassion, brimming with kindness. But nothing comes of it. Because he wants to give and he loves to give and he loves to love. But the moment there's a little difficulty... Sorry, I can. He doesn't have what it takes. He doesn't have the strength, the competitive streak, the motivation, the ambition to make it happen, to make it a reality. He doesn't have the legs to go forward. You can have another person who perhaps is not the kindest person in the world, not the greatest, the kindest, the kind-heartest person in the world. Maybe he just has a little kindness in him. But he has a very strong ambition. Very strong motivation, very strong drive. He has legs that take him forward. He will implement this kindness. Nothing is going to stop him. Nothing will stand in his way. He makes a decision, I decided to be kind. There's nothing in the world that's going to stop me. I'm going to get it done. This is the ability of Netzach to go forward. To go forward. To overcome all difficulties. To overcome all obstacles to be able to actualize what my heart wants me to do, my heart wants to give, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure out how, to, how it to happen, I'm going to make it happen. Again, the focus is not on the other person, the focus is on me. I decided to be kind, there's nothing in the world that's going to stop me. It's not about them, it's about me, it's proving myself. It's being competitive and motivated, ambitious, and breaking down walls, and nothing is going to stop me. Whatever I decided in my heart, I'm going to implement. So this is Netzach, competitive, motivated, driven, ambitious, moving forward, overcoming obstacles, l'natzeach, to overcome, to be victorious, to triumph, to win, to be number one. But it's all about me, implementing my chesed, my... my decision to do kindness, my inner kindness, it's bringing it out and making it, implementing it, making it a reality. In the parable, when it comes to Yisoyed, it's missing in the writing. Remember we learned last week that it's missing in the Ksaviyad, in the letter, the transcript that they had, this part was erased or missing. He doesn't explain Yisoyed, he explains Netzach. Page 266, he explains Netzach. And Hoyd, he doesn't explain. It was there, but some reason it got erased or something, we, it never came to us. So therefore, that, that part is missing in this mosh, in this. But Hoyd, the focus of Hoyd, again, is more on the other person. It's about breaking the other person, not allowing the other person to stop me. Not allowing them to get the upper hand. So it's more about the focus on the other person. I'm not going to let the obstacle stop me. I'm not going to let the other person get in the way. But he, here it's missing, and he doesn't elaborate on that. What is Yisoyed? Yisoyed <coughs> is a combination. Netzach and Anhoid. Because Yisoyed is my intense desire and pleasure to give. 
but it's my hitkashrut, it's my connection. And the example here of the father and the son, the personal connection, the drawing myself close to the person I want to give to. In this case, the father and the son. The father draws himself close. The aside is the ability to connect, to tie yourself, to bind yourself, to draw yourself close to the person you want to give, the teacher to the student. Here, in this case, the father wants to teach his child. So it's personal. Yes, it's me. I want to give, and my pleasure, and my desire, intense desire to give. And to, but it's my focusing on you. It's my connection to you. It's my tying myself to you, binding myself to you, personally connecting with you. So again, it's the combination of these two energies, of the right and the left, merging in perfect harmony. Netzach has nothing to do with the other person. It's all about me. Hayyid is more than the other person. Yisoyed is a combination. It's me together. It's me, my pleasure, but my pleasure completely focused on you. Touching you, making contact with you. So the focusing is on you. Binding myself to you. And the same is true in the first set. Chachma, Bina and Das. Chachma, the creative mind, which is on the right. And Bina, the analytical mind, the logical mind, which is on the left. What's the difference between the two? Chachma, as we learn first time it's mentioned in the Tanya chapter 3 in the first part. Chachma is you're puzzling, you're trying to figure something out, you can't make sense of it, you're exerting yourself tremendously effort, and then suddenly a bolt of lightning, a flash, an illumination. And you sense, now everything makes sense. I see the way out. I was stuck. I was checkmated. I don't understand. I'm puzzled. I'm anxious. It doesn't make sense. I can't figure it out. How do you... And then suddenly, boom! The idea, the eureka moment, the idea comes to your head. And Could you explain it? No. Do I have the words to articulate it? No. But it's a feeling, it's a sense, it's like a light, a sense that it's okay. And with a tremendous sense of pleasure, a breakthrough, a revelation. I, I see the answer, I see the way out. It's completely, it takes me by surprise, it's completely unexpected. It's from a different, from left field, from right field. It's a whole different way of looking at it. It's beautiful. Now, it, it, now it, I see the answer, I see now how it makes sense. What do you see? When you see something, what do you see? It's not you. When you see something, it's the object that you see. It's not you. The person who sees just, when you see something beautiful, you just stand back in amazement and you just drink it in. You just see it. You see the thing itself. Wisdom, the creative mind is like seeing. When I see something, that's why you see people who have creative minds. That's how they speak. I see what you're saying. People who are very logical and analytical will say, I hear what you're saying. Because it's like the difference in seeing and hearing. The left brain and the right brain. It's two different universes. When you see something, it's almost like your ego gets out of the way. That's the ability of the creative mind. The ego gets out of the way, and suddenly you're able to open up 
to see the thing itself. You see, you see it. So it's not me. You're completely out of the picture. And it's your egolessness and the fact that you're puzzled and troubled and confounded and confused and you're broken and you're anxious and your whole ego is shattered that suddenly you can see. Suddenly the light can enter. This brilliant idea, this new idea, this innovative idea, this creative idea. You, you make the space. You get, you get out of the way and you create the space that allows this new idea to enter, to give birth to this new idea. So it's not me. It's the idea, it's the, the, it's the, the thing, it's the light, it's the, the energy. The, and that's why you can feel it's palpable, the energy, the excitement, versus the analytical mind, the exact opposite. The analytical mind is finding the words, finding the explanation, understanding it, grasping it, figuring it out, mathematically figuring it out understanding it, it makes sense, it's logical, one step leads to another step, the question, the answer, it fits, it doesn't fit, figuring out all the pieces, the parts, the components, until you understand it, and you grasp it, and you have it, I understand it, it makes sense, I'm engaging my mind, my mind grasps it, absorbs it, makes it your own, you own it, you understand it, you can spit it out in your own words, you can explain it, you can articulate it with a beginning, a middle, an end, you have the vessels for it. Chachma is more like the light, the flash. Bina is the vessels, the words that can contain it and absorb it, and you make it your own. Now when you understand something analytically and logically and rationally, you understand it and you grasp it. But the light is gone. The excitement is gone. People are very analytical, could be very dry, very mechanical, brilliant, they can go on for hours, and it's very dry. The excitement is not there. The, the creative mind maybe can't articulate it as well, and, but the excitement, the, 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 the joy, the excitement, it's so palpable. You sense the richness, you sense, because he doesn't yet have the words. He's out, his ego is out of the way, but he sees something new, he sees something fresh, he sees, like he sees uh, this, uh, one of the seven wonders of the world, he just sees it, and it's, it's just there, and he just watches it, and just looks at it, and just see, sees it. So it's not me, it's about what I'm seeing. Whereas his being is more about me. I understand it. I own it. I grasp it. I figured it out. My mind figured it out. I know it. I have it. It's in my pocket. I grasped it. I surrounded, my, I surrounded it. I have it. I have a handle on it. I can carry it, I can explain it, I can... It's mine. So Bina, the emphasis again, is more on me. Wisdom, the creative mind, is not me. You have to forget yourself. Your, your ego is crushed. Your ego is put aside. You created a space that allowed this light, this illumination, to enter. That I can just see, I just stand back and I'm bedazzled and I stand back in wonderment and I'm just in awe, just seeing this, this incredible insight, this incredible sight, this incredible creative idea. So it's not me, it's the idea. I forget about myself and I just allow this to enter. So it's two opposites. This is seeing, this is hearing, this is listening, this is, this is me. I grasp it, the, the, the vessel, and this is the light. 
So the, the light, it's really not about me. It's like when the sun shines. You think it matters to the sun whether it's shining in a dump, whether it's shining in a palace? The light is the same. To the light, it doesn't matter. The light is the same. It, it, the vessels, where it is, it's not a vessel. It doesn't matter. The light doesn't think about and doesn't affect the light where it shines. It's the light. The light is shining. That's Chachma. The light is shining. It has nothing to do with me. I'm out of the picture. All I do is I just stand back in amazement and awe and I just see it and watch the sight. Hearing is about me. I understand it. I grasp it. I absorb it. I make it my own. There are words, there are vessels. There. Das is a combination. The center is a combination. What is das? Is when you go very deep, once you understand something, and you understand it very well, and you grasp it, then you go very deep into it. The ability to go deep. As Alter Rebbe explained in chapter 3, the first time he discusses it. So when you go very deep into the matter, when you personalize the idea, so there, again, you have both combination, perfect blend, the perfect harmony, a perfect combination. Because you're putting it into words, but these words are alive. You're going very deep. You're getting to the depth. You're getting to the energy. You're getting to the soul where you start feeling the idea. It's more than just an idea where ideas turn into conviction, turn into principle, turn into something that motivates you, that, that drives you, that excites you, that inspires you. Where you tie yourself to the idea, you go deeper than the idea, you internalize the idea, you identify with the idea, it becomes one with you, it becomes more than just an abstract concept, a logical idea. You, you become something that's alive, it comes alive for you. So yes, I have, I'm, I have the words, but these words are alive. These words hit home. They're very personal. So again, it's the combination of Chachma and Bina, where I have the objective words that I can convey it in, but these words capture and contain the soul, the life, the light, the energy, the excitement, the thrill of Chachma. It's that combination of seeing and hearing. It's the ultimate level of Das, bringing the two together where you make it your own, it's your own, you own it, it's your words, but it's words that stir your soul. In Bina, and logical, and regular, and logical, rational, analytical mind, the words are dead, are flat, technical, mathematical, mechanical. Guy could be brilliant, and he has it all figured out, but it's flat, it's soulless. There's no soul, the soul is gone doesn't have the same soul and energy and light and excitement of the Chachma, the one who discovers it and the one who, it's a revelation and it's egoless, he's getting beyond himself here, it's all I'm in control and I understand it and my mind grasps it and I'm brilliant and I'm smart and I understand it so you, you, you've, you've squeezed the whole life out of it there's no juice left, there's no energy left. It's, it's lifeless. It's brilliant, but lifeless. 
Das is the combination, the best combination of both worlds. You have the words that capture it, but words that capture all that excitement, words that move you, words that stir your soul, words that inspire you, that touch you deeply, words that resonate, like poetry, words that are just are like a depth bomb, contain and just touch you in your kishkes and your guts, touch you in the deepest place. That's what das is. By connecting to the idea, internalizing the idea, going to the depth of the idea and the soul and making it your own, so then you have the energy combined with the objective and the subjective together. It's a rare combination. It's a very special combination. Called a bardas. Bardas is more than just someone who's brilliant. It could be a brilliant mind, but he's not a bardas. He could have an emotional IQ of a child. He could be an, a professor, brilliant. But emotionally, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a bardas, doesn't have the, the maturity, doesn't have the, to take the ideas and to merge ideas with real life and to, the ideas should move you, inspire you, change you, transform you. It's, light. it's very brilliant, mathematical, but the words are there, but his life is not there. It's not personal. There's no edge, there's no per- nothing personal, nothing real life, there's nothing... It's like disconnected. But when you're able to have the brilliance and, and together with that life and energy, that's what that, that's the perfect combination of that. And that's why das and the heart, and, 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 which is compassion, and the male organ are all on the same, all connected. They're not separated. Because they all come from a very deep place. To be able, the ability to combine right and left. To create this perfect blend, this harmony, this... Because it really gets, gets to the depth. To have das means you have to be very deep. You have to go very deep. Not just superficial, not just analytical, mathematical, mechanical. You have to get to the depth and the soul of the matter. And then combine the matter and soul into one. To have compassion, you also have to go very deep. Children don't have compassion. Children don't have the capacity to have compassion. Children can be very cruel. To be considerate, to be sensitive, to be to the other person, you have to go very deep. You have to see the other person with depth see their soul go beyond the surface beyond the labels and be able to see their soul and then you have Rahmanas and you have mercy and compassion you can't hate them you realize they're, they're a soul an innocent child that's trapped it's a cry of desperation you realize that all of this is just acting out they're acting out it's a cry of desperation they're like little children that were hurt and, and they said, well, I'm going to hate him. It's like, a, I can't get angry at him. It's But it takes depth to be able to see that, to see, look at the other person like a real person instead of labeling them and dismissing them and treating them harshly and, you know, going a little deeper and having a little humanity, a little compassion, this, this takes depth of soul to be able to see and sense the soul in the other person. And of course, the male organ, to be intimate, comes from the deepest depth of the person. That's why you transmit your essence to your child, because it comes from the deepest depth. The only thing in your life where you completely focus and concentrate on 100% is 
physically, emotionally, psychologically, consciously, subconsciously, every part of you is 100% focused and concentrated. This comes from your, your whole essence, your deepest depth. It draws down your whole essence. So, so that's why the center, this ability to combine right and left, and yes and no, and these two opposites, to reconcile these two, this is the, this is the ability of Das, Rachmanus, and Yisoyed, and this is, so amongst all these three sets of the mind, the intellect, the heart, and then what's, what, what, uh, what's relevant to the practical, to, to go forward and to implement it, you have these chad arich, you have something that's long, that's giving, you have chad ktsir, one that's short, that cuts it short, that's like gevura, that limits, defines, or bina, that limits and defines, or hoid, and then you have yisoid, which is benani, which is the ability to create harmony, to blend these two aspects. And then he explained on page 270 that all of this is the external part of the soul. Kindness is just the external level. Because kindness, if I'm, ac- if I'm acting kindly, it doesn't mean that I love Maybe I don't even like this person. I'm still like kindly because I'm a kind person. What's the inner quality of kindness? Chesed, love. So that's the inner, the deeper, the inner part of chesed is not just the impulse to do kindness, to do goodness, to, to, to be kind, to be generous. It's the love. I love this person. That's the inner part. Like a father, a parent who gives to his child, it comes from the love. And then also, the impulse to be conservative and to be restrained. What's the driving force behind it? There's a fear, there's an awe. Like a parent and a child. I don't want to overwhelm my child. I don't want to give him too much. Too much information could be counterproductive. So it's also motivated and driven by that inner fear, sense of fear and awe. And fear. I don't want to, I'm afraid. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt the person. It can be too much. I care about the person. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them. If you give someone too much, you give a child too much, you overwhelm them. You're going to feed a baby a five-course dinner. <laughs> You'll kill the baby. When they, when they said, when they liberated the camps and they fed the inmates, they fed them candies and chocolates and food, they, they killed them. They couldn't handle it. They haven't eaten a normal meal in three years. So you're afraid. I care too much about the person. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them. You have to be careful. I, I want to give, but is it, is it good for them? Maybe it's not good for them. Maybe it's going to do more harm than good. If you really care about the other person, you're really thinking about them. So that's motivated by an inner sense of fear. And then he said, and what's the source of all these emotions? Emotional emotions in the heart and the attributes that cause us to go forward, to implement it. He says, that's the Chabad. That's the intellect. Chachma binadas, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. was based on the intellect. Now, these emotive attributes that involve in imparting enlightenment and the like are the external aspects of the soul. Within them are vested the inner attributes, 
which bring about the external attributes involved in the actual imparting of knowledge, i.e., the faculties of love and awe, and so on. This may be compared to the case of a father who bestows enlightenment upon his son because of his love for him. The internal aspect of the attribute involved is love, and its external aspect is kindness. And the father withholds his influence because of his dread and his fear, lest his son come to some downfall, heaven forfend. The father's fear and dread are thus internal, the internal aspect of his tibura, the attribute that completely or partially withholds the flow of instruction. The remaining emotive attributes are all offshoots of love and fear, as explained in part one, chapter three above, and accordingly, they too possess internal and external aspects. Having dealt with the midot, the seven emotive attributes of the soul, the Alter Rebbe now proceeds to discuss the intellective attributes which give birth to them. The source and root of these internal and external emotive attributes is the Chabad, the acronym for the intellectual faculties of Chokmah, Binah, and Dad of one's soul. For a person's emotive traits are in proportion to his intellect. This is empirically evident with a child, for example, whose Chabad are in a state of pettiness, all these emotive traits, too, relate to insignificant things. And as he matures in age and understanding, his emotive traits correspondingly aspire to worthier goals. So you see a difference in children. Children play with uh, small toys. Uh, adults play with big toys. Because according to their understanding, that's all a child understands. Ice cream, a lollipop, a toy. You grow older, you realize that uh, you want things that an adult wants. You want big toys, you want money, you want influence, you want power, you want honor, fame, respect, celebrity, success. All the things, as you grow mature, your mind appreciates the value of, of things that are a little more important than just toys. And then he says, within adults also, it depends on the level of maturity. Some people are just very happy just getting by, and they're happy, they don't need anything else. Some people want to leave a mark on the world. Some people want uh, eternity. Some people want uh, to become spiritual and to connect with eternity and to connect with Hashem. And Some people want to be religious. Some people, everyone, it all depends on the maturity and the development of your mind. The more your mind develops and matures and ripens and matures and appreciates the value so if you value f- f- foolish things, superficial things, and then you're going to be motivated. You're going to be, you're going to be attracted to foolish things, or to, to petty things. Your mind is highly mature and highly developed, and you appreciate the value of important things. Then you're attracted to important, you're looking for important things in life. I want meaning in life. I can't just live, pay my bills, and get ahead. What's the meaning? What's the purpose? So someone who values, if you have the intellectual maturity to value that question, to ask myself, why am I here? And what's my purpose? You have to have a great maturity to value that. And without that, once you reach that level, without that, life is meaningless. What's the point? I can 
possess everything and I can accumulate and I can... But money, power, fame, it doesn't address the underlying question. Why am I here? I know what it is, what is it, but why is it here? And if I don't answer that question, then it's all meaningless. So therefore, you're attracted to finding meaning in life. I have to find the meaning. What's my purpose? And what's, what am I here for? So it all depends. The emotions, the emotions are attracted to good things. What is considered good? What's a value? That depends on your philosophy. That depends on your understanding, on the depth of your understanding, on the maturity of your understanding, on the value of values. So a child is very petty. All he can understand is, is his value is, uh, give me a candy. And that's a reality. And you have to utilize it. In order to educate him, the Torah says you have to utilize it. Give him candies, give him sweets. He should associate learning and doing good and doing mitzvah, doing godly things with sweetness. You do this, you can get a prize, you get a trip, you get a candy, you get something that you like. So you associate, you know, you win the money, you play the dreidel, you win some money. You, you, so you associate learning and good, good things with sweet things, which in your mind is the greatest value. Fun, good things. As you grow older and you value things that are more that are more mature. I want money. I want success. I want to get ahead. I want to stand out. I want to make an impact. I want to do something that I want to do something with my life. I want to make a difference. I want to help. I want to leave an impression. I want to you value that, so you're attracted to that. You go deeper, you want meaning in life, you want to answer the question of why am I here? It takes a big maturity to even ask that question. Most people go through life, even a lot of brilliant people. It doesn't bother them. They never once ask themselves, why am I here? They're having too much fun. With their intellect, no, they're enjoying themselves. They understand things and they're figuring things out and it's brilliant and they're proving their brilliance every day and they enjoy it and they love it. They love thinking and figuring things out like a mathematical puzzle and grasping things and moving forward. But never once do they stop and ask themselves, why? What does it all mean? What, what difference does it make? Why am I here? I know what it is, but why? It doesn't bother me. They don't have the maturity. They don't have to value that search for meaning. So it all, it's all based on the philosophy. It's all based on the intellect. It's all based on the awareness. Based on the intellect, whatever you understand and appreciate, that's what you're going to be attracted to. So the emotions are the offsprings of the intellect are based on the intellect. With adults, too, the emotive traits develop in proportion to the intellect, for according to his intelligence is a man trait. Since the term man ish is an appellative for the emotive traits of the verse, as is a man, so is his Gevorah, the previously quoted verse is teaching us that a person's emotive traits are praiseworthy in proportion to the statue of his Chabad. Ish, the emotions, his will be according to his intelligence. According to his intelligence, so too will be the level of his emotions. Well, the extent of his love and kindness corresponds to the extent of his wisdom. The greater the wisdom, the greater the love, and the greater the kindness, the greater the sensitivity, so it really all depends on the intelligence. 
The intelligence is what gives birth to the emotion. Based on the level of intelligence, based on the maturity of the intelligence, so too will be the emotions. What are you attracted to? And also the, the intensity of the attraction, depth of the attraction. A person who has a value that having relationships is a value will be attracted to it and will, will want it and desire it. So it all depends on your awareness. It all depends on your intelligence, on your intellect. The more developed your intelligence is, the more developed your mind is, the more developed your emotions will be. The more mature your mind, the more mature your emotions. And all his other internal and external traits, likewise, have their source in his Chabad. Most important to the development of the spiritual emotions is one's Da'at, which derives from one's Chokhmah and Bina. A thinker first grasps the essence of a concept through the seminal flash of illumination afforded by his faculty of Chokhmah. He next understands it fully by means of the analysis of ampli- and ampli- amplification, which are the functions of his faculty of Bina. Ultimately, he must immerse himself in concentration on the concept, binding and unifying himself with it to the point that beyond mere intellective comprehension, he also senses and experiences it with his faculty of that. It is this faculty that is critical to the development of his midot, such as the spiritual emotions of love and awe of God, for that provides them with their substance and vitality, as explained in part one, chapter three. This is readily observable for the differences between the emotive traits of various people corresponds to the differences in their respective degrees of that. The key is, more so than the Chachma and the Bina, the creative mind and the analytical mind is the Das, the ability to focus, the ability to concentrate. There are people who are brilliant, they're very scattered. They don't have the ability to focus on one idea, to concentrate on one idea, to internalize that idea, to personalize that idea, to go in depth, to draw it closer to you, to draw closer to it, to pickle the idea, to to, to soak it in and to absorb it and to really make it, personalize it, to become one with it. Because it's only then that the idea comes alive, and it's only then that it can be translated, turned into conviction, into emotion, into some, some emotional energy that will propel you forward, that will move you, that will you'll be attracted and pulled in a certain direction. Other than that, it's just ideas are too abstract. They have no effect in our heart. You know, there's a bottleneck between the brains and the heart. It's a little skinny, narrow, one-way road. It's called the neck. It's a one-way street and it's a lot of traffic. <laughs> it's on a standstill. Nothing gets through. But sometimes there's a snowstorm, it's ice cold, nothing gets through. So das is the connector. Das is what connects us personally to the idea. 
It's only when we personally connect with the idea that suddenly it starts interesting us. Suddenly we take it personally. Suddenly it excites us. Otherwise this is dry, a mental concept. It's interesting. Okay, so you file it away in your cabinet file or in your disk and that's it. You put it away. You know it, you understand it, you can even explain it. But what does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with life? What does it have to do with reality? So you don't feel one way or the other. I don't feel for it. I'm not attracted to it. I'm not running away from it. It's just an idea. It's only when you personalize it that it hits home. Now it's me. It's life. It's real. It's personal. I want this. I'm attracted to it. I desire it. Or I'm repulsed. I'm running away. I hate it. I despise it. can't stand it. Because you personalize it. Until you personalize it, it's so abstract to me, you don't pay attention. So it's the, das is the ability to pay attention. Take something that you know already and pay attention. Not learn something new. Just pay attention. Concentrate. Focus. Allow it to sink in. Absorb it. Connect with it. Internalize it. That will change you. That will affect you. We all have that ability. Because we all have the ability to be intimate. You couldn't be intimate if you didn't have the ability to have das. The moment you reach puberty, you know that you have das. You have that ability to focus and to concentrate 100%. So everyone has, every mature adult has that ability. Meaning the age of bas mitzvah and bar mitzvah. We know that we have that ability. We have that ability to concentrate. Everyone has that ability. Even kids with ADD, they're sitting and watching their favorite baseball game, football game, they'll watch for hours. No problem. You sit and talk to people, ADD, you can't, you know, can't sit still for a minute. Talk to them about their money. Talk to them about themselves. They'll sit for hours and listen. Talk about things that they care about. Everyone has the ability to concentrate and to focus, to pay attention, and to really listen. Not just listening, but really listen. Attentive, eager, drink it up, take it all in, with a hunger, with a thirst. This is das. This is real awareness, really listening, really absorbing. We all have that ability. Because physically we know we have that ability. That's the ability that Hashem gave us to focus and concentrate. That's maturity. That's what distinguishes adults from children. So if a person is an adult in life and he treats and takes things seriously, he pays attention, he's aware, he focuses, he concentrates, he takes it seriously, personalizes it, then it comes alive for you, then your, your emotions, that's what you'll be attracted to. And depending on the depth of your maturity and the level of your intelligence and the level of your maturity, because it's not just an ultimate intelligence, it's like emotional intelligence. It's not just brilliant intelligence. It could be brilliant intelligence with like little children, emotionally, the emotional IQ of a child. They don't have that emotional maturity. Emotional maturity, that's das. It's a whole different quality. There's a, there's a quality to it, a depth to it, you know. It's like a difference in the professor, the economics professor talking about economics or the person who lost and won a few million dollars in his lifetime. 
who ran businesses, when they, they talk about business, uh, they, there's a quality to it, an edge, a qualitative. He's talking about reality. He's not talking about some abstract concept that's pure mathematics, figuring it out. That's a chess game. That's not real. This is reality. He lived it. It's life. He lost his life savings in it. He put everything on the line, and he made everything on it, and he lost everything, and he risked everything. There's, it's alive. It's, it's when he talks about it, it's not just a dry concept. It's talking about something that's real life. There's, a, there's an energy, there's an excitement. So then you're attracted to it. A person who has that value, has the intelligence, and understands the value of money, understands the value of having influence, understands the value of of living a meaningful life, of searching for the meaning of life, all these things, if you, and if you value it and you have the intelligence and the awareness and you're able to focus and concentrate on it, then you'll, based on that, that will, will lead your emotions, that will guide your emotions. You'll be attracted to, to that. So it all depends. The key is das. That's the key that unlocks your heart, that unlocks the emotions and focuses your emotions. Concentrate, focuses your emotions in which direction? The emotions are just emotions. I, I love. I, want, I love good things. What is good? The intelligence guides it, focuses, grabs you by the head and focuses. You want good? This is good. This is the treasure. Go. I want good. I, did, I didn't know the treasure is right here. I didn't realize it's a treasure. I was sitting in the dark. Intelligence. You open the light. You concentrate. You focus. You wake up. You realize, oh, it's like pulling your head here. This is the treasure. Go for it. So, of course, you're attracted once I'm concentrated and I'm focused and I'm, I realize the value. Then I'll be attracted and I'll follow it and pursue it. So the emotions are all based on the intellect. Then you love it. That's the inner emotions. And then which leads to the external emotions. When you love, if you want to be kind and you want to be generous and you want to give, which leads to chesed. And then if you're afraid... Or then that leads to the kavura, to restraint, the limiting, or completely restraining, which leads to compassion. Then once you have the emotions, now you want to start implementing it. You got to get closer to implementation. Now you got to move forward. You got to move your legs. You got your action. You got to come closer to action. To implement it, you got to move. That's the right leg, and then the left leg, restraint, the, the accelerator, the brake. And then the harmonious combination of the two, you saw it. So this is, this is the inner life before we come to the actual action. Balchus is the action, the, the implementation, making the sale. But until there's a whole inner life, a whole inner dynamic that's taking place, the whole Seder Rishtalshla is a whole chain reaction starting with Chachman and Bina and Das and Chesed and Gevurah and Teferes and Netzach and Hoid and Yisoyed till you come to Malchus, till you come to the bottom line, to the action, the result, the end result. But to get to that end result is a whole chain reaction, a whole inner, inner life, a rich inner life. You don't just get from here to there. It's a whole... When you see the finished product packaged, sold, Done. <laughs> to get to that point, there's a whole, a whole, a whole inner dynamic you have to go through to get to that point. Nothing is instant. Even instant coffee is not instant. 
a whole packaging and a whole process to get from here to there. So this is the inner process. This is the ten, the ten kochot nefesh, the ten aspects of the personality and your character and your whole conscious life. This is our conscious life. It begins with chachma and then yisoid, which leads to malchus, which is the um, actual when the axe meets the, the wood, when, when you connect with the customer, when the deed is done, but when the giver and the receiver actually meet, practically. But to get there, within the giver, there's a whole process. This is the process that the giver has to go through before the receiver receives, actually receives. So first he has to receive, it's the chachma, and then he has to develop it, and then he has to personalize it, and which leads to emotions, he's attracted to it, he loves, he wants to give, and restraint, and then compassion, and then how do I go forward? He has to practically, how do I go forward? I have to figure it out. I have to get even closer to the, put myself in the shoes of the receiver and figure out, overcome any obstacles, I can go forward, and then to limit it to the, make sure it's broken down into pieces in a way that the person, the person could accept it. As we'll learn more in the next, uh, the next lesson, we'll learn, Al-Tarebi is now going to explain, next time we learn, what these ten nefesh means in the godly soul. Till now we explain, in order to understand the ten svirot, we have to understand the ten Kochot nefesh the ten aspects of your faculties of the soul, of your personality and character. That, that has nothing to do with holiness. Every human being, chesed, kindness, gevura, restraint, this, is, this explains the dynamic. You can explain this to a business person, you can explain this to anyone. This is the inner dynamic of any human being. It has nothing to do with godliness. How is this a parable to help us understand the ten svirot, which are godly? So he's going to explain in detail how the godly soul is expressed through the ten kochot and nefesh of the godly soul. And there we do have the writing. He does, does explain hoy in great detail. So it will give us an understanding of the contrast of Netzach and Hoyd and then Yisoyed and then Malchot. So this is this is really is uh, Kabbalah 101, Hasidus 101, fundamental, explaining the ten sefirot, the ten kochot, and um, you never you never look at the world the same uh, the same way. And once you realize this, and realize everything is a marshal and everything is a is a parable, um, then it helps us understand everything in this world points to a certain aspect of the divine. Parallels. Everything in this world is a parallel. It's a parallel universe. So we have ten kochot because we come from the ten svirot. So from, uh, from understanding our own personality and character, ten faculties of the soul, we can understand the ten svirot. We can get a glimpse into the ten svirot. And by realizing how our ten kochot parallel the ten svirot, will realize that we are really godly. This how this turns us into 
into, into something godly. How our ten faculties are expressed in, in a godly way. But that we'll learn, we'll learn next week. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.